Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs. We're thrilled to death to have you Woo-hoo. along with ourselves with us, yes, ourselves uh, on the show, amongst ourselves, as like you're sitting at the table, but you're not. But we wish you were. Not all of you. That would be very crowded. It would be a large table. Yes, be a little bit sweaty. And I think Jared's got not some that there's meat sweats right now. That. So, yeah, <laughs> salad sweats. It's not. Yeah, more like that. Um, Jared's yeah. not used to eating greenery. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I need some lectin defense. Oh, I don't know what that is, but maybe our special guest does. Who are you, special guest? Kevin Vandercrawl from Ion Effects. Brilliant. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what this is and you're like, what, 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 what? Then you need to go check out where do they need to go, Kevin? So, um, I got a new website that just launched at IonFX, so AIONFX.com, and then the same thing at Instagram and Twitter. Sweet. Brilliant. Uh, Instagram is a, a nice little thing that will hook you right away. So, definitely go check that out. Basically, what we've got here, we've got, we've got a gentleman who makes some mighty fine DIY kits amongst many other things that offer the 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 builder the average joe the average joe and the above average joe a way to express himself so we're going to get in deep into this it's going to be a lot of fun because it's hitting hitting close to my home because i like doing this stuff man you are an average joe (laughs) yeah i am (laughs) i am (laughs) kevin does that sound okay to you are you you still want to play I want to play. Okay. All right. <laughs> Where would you take what's behind curtain? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to just uh, handle a couple of quick announcements real quick. We need to thank Rude. Microphones. <laughs> you just mixed it up. You've been moving and shaking with your little Absolutely. intros and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. we're going to thank Rode Mics uh, for uh, providing the Rodecaster Pro and the Procaster Mic, making us... Do our thing. Have they released the Roadmaster yet? Many years strong yet. No, that's still... It's still under development. Yes, it's still under development. So thank you so much to Road for providing that. Uh, They make really fantastic gear. If you are interested in doing this or even, you know, something else that they make that's really great is little hookups for your your iPhones so you you can record, you know, in your room or your basement and it'll sound better. Wow. Yep. Yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. So go check them out. So like an interface. No, little like a mic that that'll hook up to your phone. Really? Yeah, like a directional one, so you're not just getting the entire room. Right. Wow, I could use something right. like yeah, that. so you could point it right at your amp or hey, your. Can I mention that yeah. you know we're back in the studio now? And we are. How, how much I I missed my articulating arm? I thought you were going to say me, but I'll take it. No, yeah. I you see meant you me all the time. Yes, yeah. uh, yes, we do have the articulating arms. Uh, thank you, Tony, for pointing that out. We also want to point out that. Hey, everybody, we are on YouTube. The podcast is on YouTube. We're not, we don't have video on there as yet. Could we have our heads bouncing on there? We probably could, but, but we're not. Um, But every single stinking episode is up there now. Um, And we encourage people to listen to the, to the later ones. As opposed to the early, early because ones. The early which you'll ones see are sprinkled stinking. in. Yeah, I mean, there, you know, we had to start somewhere. Everybody's it was dipping toe start. in the water time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so 
Check that out. 191 episodes are on there right now. Holy what are we going to do for 200? Can you believe that? What are we going to do for 200? I, I think there's going to be coming some, up a lot faster than I thought. Giveaways. <gasps> I think we should do some giveaways. I think so. Yep. We got that coming up. All right. So let's find out what we were all doing uh, this week in our musical guitar week. And we're going to start off with Tony Baloney. And then we're going to head on over to our friend Kevin, and he's going to talk to us about his music world. Well, inevitably, I, I, I guess I, I just need to stop going online because I found something for really cool. Per- I mean, it's a, it's a cool guitar. Or you could just divert your, your generosity to yourself to others. I'm pointing at me and Jared. Are you? I guess I could do that. So I don't know why I do this, but you know, I was over on the, the Musician's Friend website and they have a, um, a really cool, it's, it's a, it's, well, it's a Gretsch double cut, kind of like the, oh, yeah. the, the Malcolm Young model. It's that shape, if, yes. you, if you want to call it that. But so that, that's a I, duo jet, isn't it? Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. But it's a double cut. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. You Looks see. like you're going to need new yeah. filter drones, Tony. Uh, I think I'll probably need that. But what's really cool about this, so so one, it was, they have like, if you go to Musician's Friend, you can do like a open box search. Sure. And it's usually things that were returned with some minor problems sometimes. Sometimes I've gotten some of the thing returns that there's, I can't tell that they are anything but new. Yeah. Um, thumbnail blemishes somewhere. Yeah, that you this don't well, this see. one they showed a a picture of the of the pickup ring has a crack in it. Uh-huh. Now, if that's the case, so this is like oh my I gosh, think, uh, new the the street price is like six fifty. Was close. I said five nine nine. Yeah, you were close, but this has a Bigsby on it, so oh. fifty bucks more for the Bigsby. Now is that a Chinese Bigsby? Yeah, it's all it's all Chinese. It's know. licensed by Bigsby. Yeah. It's the it is it is licensed, <laughs> um, but they had this for four hundred and seventeen dollars. So I just thought, how can I pass this up? I probably should have passed it up, but I couldn't help myself. But what's really cool about it? So it's got a gold top, mm-hmm. and it's white on the back. Ooh, that's kind it's of a, fun. It's a it's a dual tone paint job. Okay. And it's got the Bigsby. It's got you know. It's it's like everything that I like in a in a what is termed technically a solid body Gretsch. Yeah. Even though these models were never solid body. Are they chambered? They're well. They're the original ones are very chambered. If you look at like you know like the one that Billy Zoom plays. Right. He's got an original fifties. Yeah. And it is that's a spark, that's a sparkle jet though, and yeah, you could yeah. call it that. I did. It's a duo jet. Okay. They're all duo jets. All right. They have two pickups. They're duo jets. Gotcha. Um, that's why Tony's here, everybody. That's why I'm here. Um, but but um, yeah, these uh, I guess the new models they have a maple top and and a chambered mahogany body. The old ones always were. They had basically arched maple, made to look like you know what would have been like a Les Paul or something like that at the time. And uh, but they were always fairly hollow, which is why a lot of the old Gretches, really the '50s Gretches, are, are very very light. Mm. So they call it a solid body. It's not really. A, I wouldn't call it a solid body, but um, but it's cool nonetheless, and it's going to be here tomorrow. 
Wow, that's exciting. Yes. So I'm, I'm excited about Are that. Are you sure it's going to be here tomorrow? It's tracking for here tomorrow. Brilliant. Hmm. My friends at UPS never fail. That's good to hear. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that, Tony. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'll bring person. it in. I'll bring it in next time. Yeah. But you uh, can't touch it. Uh, all right. Well, that sucks. Kevin, how about you? <laughs> What's going on in your music world, man? Yeah, so um, a couple of days ago, I noticed uh, Fender started selling their Kunafe wide range um, pickups. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I've had a, an eBay save search for like 10 years on the original wide ranges, and they just keep creeping up and up in price. Uh, and uh, so earlier this year, I built a guitar. I've always wanted a 70, uh, 72 Deluxe Telecaster, mm-hmm. um, but the options were always just like either like a low-budget Mexican reissue that wasn't anything like the original um, pickups that just look like the real thing, but nothing, nothing like it under the hood. Um, or you can get the original for like three grand. Um, and so, um, I, uh, had the idea to build this guitar that was basically like, what if, what if Fender made an American deluxe version of the 72? And so, um, like it has like a modern, like four bolt neck, um, compound radius, contoured heels, locking tuners, that kind of stuff. And really, really good pickups. And so I finally pulled the trigger. Um, I think late last year I got all the parts for it. Um, got a custom body um, uh, made for it, and uh, decided to go with the uh, Seymour Duncan um, wide range humbuckers. Sorry, Jared, um, but they were the only ones at the time that were doing the threaded Almaco, and the originals were like five, six hundred bucks each, and it just was not was not going to happen. And so I finished it like in in January, I want to say it was, and in just an absolutely beautiful guitar. It's kind of one of those like the, that lifetime guitar that's like you know you you spend years planning it, and you get, you're not ever going to part with it. Um, and, uh, like on, on the new website, the kits page, there's a, there's a video on that page that you can, you can see it in the beginning of that. Um, but it plays like a dream. It's just a fantastic sounding guitar, but two weeks after it's done, um, I saw an announcement from Fender back in like January, February that they're bringing back the Kunafe pickups for this high end Telecaster custom. And, um, it's just like, okay, that, that, that's fantastic timing. But then I just noticed a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago that they just started selling the wide range pickups on their own in both the, the bridge and the and the neck and it's the same price as Seymour Duncan ones. And so of course, what that means is I've got to switch mine out, not because my guitar is missing anything, but for the sole reason that something else exists that, that might be better. <laughs> and so, um, that, that's where I'm at. That's the story of, 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 of all of us, I think. But, um, that, that's where I'm at now as I'm about to pull the trigger on a set of the Fender Kunafe wide, ra- uh, wide range reissues, um, and swap out my Seymour Duncans. I have one. So you like them? I I haven't tested it yet, but I've taken it apart and yeah and uh, yeah. So Ferco actually replaced Kunafe a long time ago, and it's it's pretty much explain Kunafe real quick for anybody that doesn't know. Kunafe is just a makeup of of different alloys, and it's to make it yeah copper, ferrite, all that nickel. Yeah, so iron. They they made it soft so they can actually thread it. And there's a, a material called Ferco that Seymour Duncan, me, uh, Mojo Music Supply, um, Curtis Novak, Curtis Novak, Lawler. It we're all getting that that stuff from the same supplier, and that's been around for like seven years, I think. I don't know. I think Curtis is the one that Curtis Novak actually had them make. It's a much more affordable way of making the Kunafe, but. Um, um, what's his? Oh, I forgot his name. I'm sorry, but works for Fender now. Used to work for Gibson Shaw. Tim Shaw bought a 
factory, and I'm not sure what country, but they bought the whole magnet factory. Wow. Let's say, let's say Barbados. They bought the whole thing wow. just just to make Kunafi again. And it was brilliant because people don't understand that Kunafi and Ferco basically have the same um, magnetic characteristics. magnetic characteristics. It's the same thing. You probably can't tell the difference. Jared and I have been around. We've but been it, married so long that we right. finish each other's sentences. So it's more, it's to me, in my opinion, it's, it's one of the best marketing investments that they've done. And you're going to pay a hundred dollars more for one of those. But that'll also, uh, is that the one that has um, the fender stamp on the yes, cover? Yes, it does. That's why. Yeah. Okay. So, so and, I bought, and that's what you're looking for in that, right, Kevin? That's the only thing I want is the Fender logo, man. So, <laughs> so yeah. So you could buy Lawler's, mine, a whole bunch of people, and and I'm not going to say it, but the well, I am. The covers do <laughs> I'm not fit ours, say it, but I'm going to say it. But I am instead. Oh, I the, know. The yeah. covers do fit on ours, but we don't say that on our website. We can, you know, we don't we don't want to get in trouble. We don't blatantly do that. But uh, I did buy the new Kunafi, and it's awesome. They the bobbins are the exact same from when they did in seventy two. Though everything they did, they almost have the exact same thing, and I'm very impressed. And uh, I I tell you what, you I think you should get those pickups and put them in that guitar because it that's the best closest reissue wide range that you're you're gonna get because it is Fender made, and it was Tim Shaw. You know, and it'll probably sound better than vintage, you know, 70s pickups because of the magnetism. Maybe, yeah. While we're on this topic, really quick, say I like the idea of a humbucker, but it's just if the humbucker itself is too thin, I would get a wide range because the the magnetic poles are further away from each other, which causes a much larger magnetic bloom and. And I think that's why they call it a wide range. So they might. So so they're going to be. They're they're heavier, fuller sounding, and more yeah, than, than even much than, more a, than a humbucker. Maybe it's a wider yes, range. Definitely. Okay. Good. Yeah. So I, I just like played, I just played the consumer for you guys. When you, people you win, people see a <laughs> wide wins. range. All they think of is the three and three that are exposed. Yes. But that's not why it's called a wide range. That's just the design of the pickup. Yeah. But, uh, no, man. That's. That's an awesome bring up, man. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, as a pickup maker, and I've been selling my own wide range for three years. Uh, yeah, these I'm so glad that Fender actually came out and did these. That's fantastic. Nice. Wow. Well, that was a very fruitful conversation from your... I'll give you a hundred bucks for the Duncans. <laughs> no, they're good for the set. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay 20 bucks for shipping. <laughs> no, they're good pickups too. No, they're all good. Oh, crap. Yeah. I'm my, my Duncans. Yeah. Uh, all right. Jared, how about yourself? Uh, nothing. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a couple things. Uh, I took my 69 Martin after my good buddy, Tony Baloney made me a fantastic, Pickguard or celluloid, and uh, I think that was in a fire. I'm pretty uh, sure, totally, yeah. It, and the case didn't survive, but the the guitar did, and the structural is fine, and the neck is fine too. But it just took a lot of finish damage. It did. It it looked like an old man's elbow. It was really <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> what? Yeah, it looked it like looked- an old man's elbow when your arms extended. It's really 
It's like the real wrinkly, bad, it, Some yummy. people call that a weenus. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not being dirty. That's that's weenus. literally what they call it. Yeah. What does it rhyme with? It's, the, it's what I hear. The, <laughs> that's Gen- what I've heard. Genus. <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> Venus. No. Anyways, uh, I don't know. So, yeah. Just, I, I look at I don't know. Yeah. I took it up to Lay's, and I got to tell you what, man. They are swimming in guitars. They have tons of guitars in there. And and I'm like, oh man, this thing's gonna be here forever. That made me think that their commercial would would be him up on the roof going, "We're swimming in guitars." <laughs> know, like a fast talker, like or whatever. <laughs> yep, in a '70s suit. <laughs> yeah. Come on down, we're swimming in guitars. But uh, Dan looked at, it, he's like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do this right. I'm gonna take the neck out, and I'm like, you're gonna take the neck out just to finish the guitar? And apparently, I learned something. Fender finishes their necks. Martin. Uh, I'm sorry. Martin finishes <laughs> yeah. their necks. Same thing, right? Yeah. And uh, outside of the body of the guitar before they assemble it. That is correct. I did not know that. Is that so they can make neck adjustments without messing up the finish? I honestly think that they do that because they don't want that. You know how like on Gibson's where the neck joint. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Where it just kind of yeah, but all a lot fills of the, in. Yeah, it fills in. So I think so it's if you a, do have to fix something, now you definitely are the, screwing yeah, up the right. finish. The joints and the creases look a lot cleaner. It's cleaner and it's easier to get a, a, a the put the right angle on yeah. the, on the tenon. You don't get the the lacquer in the weenus. Yes. I'm also no weenus. Also uh, going through my cords and making sure they all work. Fixing a few cords here and there with some new jacks. Um, nice getting my pedal board ready for the big show at the end of the month so fantastic yeah that's about it for me guys excellente tony's waiting for me to start talking so he can do his interruption thing how about you todd oh well thanks for asking tony i uh so one of my favorite things is when i go to the basement that's where i do all my guitar knobs work that's where i do any extra day work. It rubs that's where, the lotion on its <laughs> skin. <laughs> that's where I, I do all of my band work. And so it's all centered around the same area. And a lot of times I, you know, I can just jump in and start playing stuff. Well, I've been writing a lot of new stuff for the next album. And uh, I found myself... I think I started being a little sick. I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, wait, it sounds like another one that I got going. So I'm liking the things that I'm doing, but too much. So, so my guitar week, the thing that I did was put the guitar down for just a little bit. Mm -hmm. No way. It's true. It's true. Because I, I, I would just end up, homogenizing everything that I'm doing. And the whole point is to, to say, Oh, this is some, this is a new thing. This is, this is a thing in and of itself. It's like, you gotta have a, you gotta have all the kids, but they can't be clones of each other else. It's just going to be worthless and boring. Hmm. So anyways, so I found myself getting a little bit of a, a playing rut. Cause I really like playing that stuff. And then any variation, I'm like, Oh, here's another one. It's not really, it isn't. Hmm. It's just, something to keep a note of like, Oh, I could alter it or, you know, do whatever. So have you ever tried writing on a piano or can, are you not a player? I am not a player and I don't know. I think it'd be weird standing on a piano playing guitar. Uh, Anyways, nah. um, 
Like no, slash. I tried to play piano, and my left and my right just didn't want to okay. party together. So, no, I'm just saying because that's a lot of people who wrote primarily on guitars. Yeah, when they shifted to piano, it was just a whole new, yeah, new whole new vocabulary. I guess yeah. of sound, uh, a vocabulary of sound. One thing that I am doing though to kind, of, I, I decided I was in the shower where I do a lot of my. I, I don't know about you out there, whoever, if you're listening right now. I'm listening. Think about when you do your best thinking. Some people do it while they're running. More often than not, I'm just in the shower, just like just like Jane's addiction. Just when my wife's in the shower to thinking. To me. And that's, I, I get, it's like lightning goes off in the shower in my head. It's fantastic. I love it. And, and it's I, because you, you've become relaxed. I am relaxed. Yes, in the shower. And so, uh, I started thinking about, you know what, what if I start focusing on some of like, some of the, like the vocal nuances of songs that I really like and like, what kind of, is that something that I can, that I can take and craft into something for my, in a guitar, uh, aspect. So that's kind of where my head's at right now. So you put the guitar down and that, and cleared your head and well, I haven't, I haven't got it back yet. Picked so up that was just, that phone. was like two days ago. And I was like, blah. Yeah, the flugelphone. <laughs> Flute, flutophone. Yes. Flutophone. Okay, you're a flutophone. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Hey, Jared. Yes. You mentioned earlier you were checking out all your cables and everything for the big Halloween gig. That's right. Would those be tour gear? They are. You know why I use them? It's because they're small, they're very, 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 very reliable. Very reliable. That's extremely <laughs> reliable by in my book. And uh, no, they, they actually fit on any jack, on any pedal. Uh, you can get different lengths. Uh, nice. And they sign the thing on the thing when they you put find, the thing on the thing. Do you find them thing. to be reliable? I love them. <laughs> he loves yes. them. No, and two they're are, super affordable. And they're super they're affordable. Super I, affordable. I pay like 3 to $6 in that range for each they, one. They start at 5 so you're right there. Five to whatever. <laughs> what if that's not good enough, Todd? Well, then you can lower that price. You know how you do that, Tony? You I buy more. Tell me. Well, you got to go to the uh, Tour Gear website, which is tourgeardesigns.com. And then you're going to put a little forward slash. And then you're going to say discounts because discounts are good. That's right. And then you're going to hit another little slash and say the guitar knobs. Uh, and blammo. Boom. <laughs> Now you have a cheaper patch kebble and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to get sent to you and with five times the reliability, according to Jared, of they, any other thing. Very, 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 I think very, he said it five times. Very. very yeah, five. Yeah. Because I was trying to think of the word reliable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, without, <laughs> I was stalling because I couldn't think of the word reliable. No, I, all joking aside, I do use those and they are the best that I've ever used. They, yeah. They're awesome. Please try them out. Collectively, the three of us have used an awful lot of different brands of patch cables, yep. and we unanimously agree that these are the best that we've used. Yes. yes. So, anyways, go over and check that out. TourGearDesigns.com forward slash discounts forward slash guitar knobs and get your 10% off. All right? Do it. Yep. Okay, Mr. Kevin Vandercrawl from Ion Effects. Give us your four on the floor. All righty. 
So my first one um, is the Source Audio EQ2. Um, love Source Audio. Um, they are just a, a very inspiring company um, and making me rethink. I mean, I, my, my whole world is analog um, with what I do, but they nice. they do digital really, really, really well. And I love everything they do. But um, I got to be a beta tester for their EQ2 back in March. Um, and what it is is an EQ pedal. It's a digital EQ pedal. And um, But what it is is it, it, it it's MIDI controlled and it also has an expression control with it as well. Mm. And it turns it into a game changer because um, if you think about it, like a, a phaser and a wah um, are both just swept EQ. I mean, if you watch them on like a you know a, a, an EQ graph, all that it is, is is just EQ that's being swept across the frequency spectrum. And so when you add an equal or sorry an expression uh, pedal to an equalizer pedal, um, it can function as a wah or a manual phaser. Um, and that was just kind of like, like, even like, like hidden features of it. Um, it's stereo. And so stereo in stereo out. And so you can actually use both channels independently. Wow. And so you have like a pre or post EQ for a drive pedal, like you can cut the bass and boost the mids before, and then you can add back anything afterwards that's missing, which is kind of a studio trick that you can just have on your pedal board. Ooh. Um, and it, it just, it, it, if you read like the, you know, the, the, the ad copy on the box, it sounds like it'd be boring, but I mean, you can watch some YouTube demos of it. Um, but it, 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 it turns it into a tool and it's just a, a kind of a game changer as far as like rethinking you know what 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 eq means um and it turns it into just kind of a a a tool you can use um that just an analog eq can't touch it so i love that pedal it's awesome does that have presets it does yeah Mm, there's like eight four or eight or something like that that you can access from the front of it you can access like a hundred on on the midi MIDI yeah, control. that's I, I remember uh, checking this out um, a little while back, and that was a, that was the thing that intrigued me. Uh, all of the stuff that you said, I didn't even know, but yeah, I was like, "It's awesome." That's pretty cool. Like to be able to have EQ. So like mid, like if you're if you're playing a show, you can change your sound radically, like mid song with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. And then if you if you have like a MIDI controller for your board, which which uh, uh, I, I do on my board. Um, if you have like a loop switcher, you can you can have EQ presets. The EQ is always in, you know, always in after or before your your drive pedals, and you switch in certain certain pedals, and you can change the EQ with it as well, um, and kind of get some enhanced combinations that you wouldn't really be able to get uh, normally. Wow! So it, it, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's uh, we we're doing everything we can in an analog way to do everything that the uh, uh, the line six stomp does. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We're not giving in. <laughs> I- <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, and others there's you know there, uh, but but that's the great thing is like you kind of have the best of both worlds all over the place so that's so, really yeah. cool that I'd sounds one, amazing one question about that so sure when you when you input your guitar can you and then you can you output it stereo and then it's actually true stereo does it that's generate does it generate a true stereo left and right different timing type of thing it I'm pretty sure it does, but you would have to um, like EQ them differently because there's no like built-in delay. Uh, I don't oh. think uh, they, they they've added a few things um, after the beta testing. I'm not sure what they're, where they're at now, but um, I, I don't know that it can. Other than having if you if you wanted to have different different uh, EQ on both channels, I don't know that it'd necessarily give you like that the, the stereo field that you'd get from having like a like a 30 millisecond delay or something like that. I'm okay. not quite sure, but okay. wow, that's impressive. What do you have yeah, for number two? Cool. 
So I told you I love Source Audio. And um, so they, they get two slots. Thing is, I have the Ventress Reverb and the Nemesis Delay, and they're both incredible. And I didn't want to make three slots Source Audio. Um, and so <laughs> um, they have a Collider, which is the combination of it has, has a Delay and Reverb in one pedal. And it's all the algorithms or almost all the algorithms from both the Ventress and the Nemesis. And uh, it can basically do almost everything, but it's it's not. It, there's some weird stuff with stereo and the way that it uses two different engines, stuff like that. Um, but uh, so I don't I don't own a Collider. I have the Ventress and Nemesis, but I'm gonna sneak two into one slot and say the Collider is awesome. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and and plug that. I so. have I have the Keeley Caverns, which is a, a probably a slightly less complex version of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not not stereo, but, yeah. but it's it's yeah, a, you know it's a it's a reverb delay combo nation that's a it's a smart way to do things um it saves uh saves a lot of room on the board and if uh if you like the sounds then that's even better (laughs) well that's the thing and and on my board i have the the ventress comes right after the nemesis and so it wouldn't really make a difference if i wanted to save some space i could just get a collider but yeah Mm -hmm. indeed indeed uh let's see here Uh, is it well is there anything particular about the the color of those pedals like the sound Aside from the actual effect that that you like that so much, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they, they just have the, the algorithms that are that are built in are just incredible, and they have a really nice uh, you know editing interface um, that, that's just a, a desktop, and they, they have, they have app based stuff as well. Um, but it's really cool to be able to just like you know set up all your presets and then you know play like set them up on a computer and play through them and hear what they're doing, um, and then be able to do do MIDI recall of that later. Um, and, uh, the, the ones that are built in, like the, their presets are just fantastic. And they also have on their website, they have a bunch of like downloadable, like user contributed ones as well. And so, um, they, people will put like sound recordings along with it. So you can kind of browse through and hear just these whacked out sounds, just awesome stuff, um, that people come up with, um, wh- whether it's delay or reverb or like with the collider co- combining both of them. And it's just, it, it's really inspiring, really cool. Um, and I, I mean, they're not. They're kind of a competitor with Strymon. They have a lot of similar products, um, but they. Uh, I, I I like Source Audio. That they're they're my guys. So, uh, I suspect you you strike you strike me as somebody who would like playing with the Chase Bliss, but never actually touch the knobs. Just screw around with the dip switches. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I Everything think at I, twelve o'clock. Pretty sure I have that right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Is is that a good thing? Uh, it's a thing. I like it. All right. I like it. Yeah. You, you I, decide. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about number three? So number three, um, Cattle and Bread Formula 5F6. So they're just an incredible company. Um, Nick and Howard were just an awesome design team. The whole like saga over the last five years has just been terrible. But they they gave us really legendary circuits, especially for people you know like, like me. Like I, I live in the analog world. Almost all their stuff is analog, and it is. I mean, their their schematics are things of beauty. Um, the 5F6 it acts like a real preamp. It's kind of made to um, emulate the the um, Fender Bassman. And uh, the way that it's set up is it, it it's kind of an overdrive, but it's it's meant to be more like a more like a preamp in the sense that it's enhanced by what comes before it, so boosts or overdrives, um, and then it adds its own clipping and tone shaping, and so it, it doesn't like try to like like straight up just emulate you know that by like you, you, using JFETs in place of the tubes or whatever of of the five F six circuit the Fender, um, but uh, it has its own character to it and. 
Oh, with with my pedal board, um, I have like a an, an Ampless pedal board. It has the option to to you know as a GFI Cab Zeus for to 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 do headphones, so I can play quietly, because um, I have other people in the house with me. Um, and uh, so I use the um, um, Foundation series pedals kind of in the middle to act as the amp. So it's, it's, it comes after my overdrive pedals, but then before all the modulation and everything. And um, the I, I've tried a couple of different foundation ones and right now I've landed on the formula five F six. Um, but the dirty little secret is awesome too. Um, and then the, the, yeah. And then the, like the formula five and 55 are, are, are great. And so right now I'm liking the formula five F six, but the, the whole foundation series is just awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's so. pretty, that's, and that's a well-priced pedal too. That's, Oh yeah. A nice thing. Yeah. Yes. All right. How about the last one? Number four. So last one, uh, this one's been on my board for a really long time, but the Electroharmonic Super Ego. Um, and uh, it's just a really, really simple and musical way of capturing like a, an ambient pad that just sounds like a note being sustained. Um, and Did you just uh, say it, it's, simple? Uh, well, the Super Ego is simple. Yeah, man. <laughs> you just tap a button and it, it well, captures whatever yes, you're doing. Yes, it's just you broke your theme, though. I was just trying to... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right? That's number four. Hey, we had to have some stragglers yes. at the end, right? <laughs> some contrast. There we go. Um, and so I had a freeze for a while um, when that when that first came out, and that was awesome. But um, the cool thing about the Super Ego that that, that turned me on to it is it, it has an effects loop built into it, and so just like the frozen note, the the ambient kind of pad. Um, you can run that through an effects loop, and so you can put delay or you know reverb or or tremolo on just the the effect, um, and you can play over top of it, just capture the capture the note in time, the chord or whatever it is, and then you can you can affect that for really nice like ambient pad kind of thing. Mm. Um, but but the the loop the stuff that's in the loop doesn't impact the the dry tone at all, and so I just love it's 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 simple, it, it works, um, it sounds great, and it's just it's it, it's a it's a cool pedal. You mentioned the freeze and that that maybe I I'm a fan of the freeze. I've yeah. actually tried it twice, and then I said, "What am I doing? I'm just complicating myself here." But I that's another one. It's like I'll 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 end up trying to get that again because it's it's just a cool thing. It's like if and yeah. if you haven't tried the freeze, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, yeah, actually, well, you're familiar with it, Kevin. You want to tell them what the freeze does? Yeah, so it basically um, it, it it's a it's a really really um, I mean it, it, at its core it's kind of a really 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 fast looper, but they the 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 loops like blend together um, in the set, so so it doesn't sound like it's just like oscillating or whatever. But you you play a chord and then you just tap the the foot switch and it captures that chord as though that chord is still playing at the same like the same tone the same chord. amplitude and everything. And so yeah, it, you can do it for drone notes or you can just do it like like a you know two or three note chords or whatever um and uh then then play you know a bunch of other stuff over top of it or whatever you're doing so um it, it ends up doing you know the concept isn't isn't super advanced but ehx did it did it first um in the most usable way that that sounds the best i think um so it ends up being a looper but the, the way that it just blends together um is just is awesome yeah and that's that's uh i think you can do it momentary and latch if i'm yes yes mm -hmm. yeah so that's kind of cool because you can stomp on it if you're a single guitar player like myself in a band you know that's where you can i thought you were married <laughs> good one tony um that could in, in fact enable you to almost you can fake a rhythm section if yeah. you do it right. Oh yeah, I mean you can. Yeah. Tony's giving me the 
you young whippersnapper look. That's but it's not true. The way we did it back in the day. Anyways, uh, well, that was a pretty fantastic four on the floor, man. We've got that's a good one. Those are I five think- new. That's I mean four new. <laughs> Or new. That's, that's the next segment we're going to develop. Or on the floor. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, right on. Yeah, the, none of those have been on before. They have not. Fantastic. Thank you. thank you for bringing us an original one. Yes. And yeah, speaking of thanks, we need to thank John Finnell. That's right. J-O-N-F-I-N-T-E-L.com. Uh, recording engineer, producer, mixer, masterer, extraordinaire, uh, and a... And a All uh, around nice And a guy. tone Sherpa. <laughs> Yeah, a Sherpa. He's got a Sherpa. He's got a beard. Yeah, he's got a beard, but not like a big Rick Rubens one or no, anything like that. It's, it's just a nice. A, it's, it's just a nice, a nice man's beard. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but he's anything but nice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if uh, you are interested in capturing the tone that you so much desire and are struggling with it, give him a call, and uh, maybe he can help you out or something. And uh, you can also check out Relay Recording. Dot com. That's where we are currently, and it's a great place to record, too. So there you yes, go. Sir. Thanks very much, John. Thanks, John. Yes, sir. We need to find out the goods on Ion Effects, and we've got the man behind Ion Effects, Kevin Vandercrawl. I, I'm going to put a big echo. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so... Just a little bit of setup, real quick, Kevin. If you will, if you may indulge me for just a second here, um, I was very intrigued upon finding him on. I think I found you on on Instagram. That's usually where I find a lot of people, and it was actually because I was looking for a tremolo because I'm still looking for the right tremolo, and I landed on yours, and I was like, I saw the your uh, the tremulous loon kind of DIY box and i was like mm-hmm. hey that's something cool and i would love to build that um and then i started digging in i was like this is pretty solid stuff right here and then i remember i someone on the show had mentioned you before and so we started talking and here you are yep here i am you are launching a new website what is what is the, the new website all about? And then we'll, we'll tap into all the good stuff that you're going to offer on this website. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, my old website. So I some background. I was a web developer um, as in my previous career um, for, you know, 10, 15. So I don't, it, all, it all blends together, you know, um, many years. Um, and I, I just quit and went full time um, last year, last September, um, doing, doing Ion full time. And the it, it's the old uh, the cobbler's children uh, have no shoes kind of thing where I my web, my website since like a couple of months after I launched it has been bothering me because it wasn't as good as the stuff I would make it work you know and it just didn't it, I, I I thought of all the I've been making this list for just a long long time of all the things I could do better on it and so this is kind of the my 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 you know hunker down take a month off of everything else and just do what I had had in my head for for a really long time and I'm pretty proud of how it turned out so. Fantastic. And so that will be a shopper's paradise, if you will. Oh, yeah. And awesome. <laughs> now, on that shopper's paradise called Ion Effects, what can people get there? 
So um, I have two main, I guess you'd call them product lines. Um, I don't think of myself as a, as a product person, but um, I think of myself as a DIYer. But there are two different types of things you can get there. Um, one is um, is the, the the circuit boards. Now I have about 100, maybe 100 odd different circuit boards on there. And each circuit board rep represents like a different pedal. Um, the circuit from a pedal that you can build, um, you can get the circuit board and build your own with the circuit board and then some documentation that comes with it. But you buy the, your own your own parts and everything and then you follow the instructions and you usually will have a working pedal at the end. Um, <clears throat> depending on if you've been off more <laughs> than you can true usually. or not. <laughs> usually. Um, and then uh, about two years ago, so I, I've been doing that since uh, two, 2013, I think was when I, start, I first started selling the circuit boards to people. Um, and, uh, two years ago, um, I launched the, the kits. Um, and so that's the other thing you can get is that, um, some of the circuit boards, I have about 10 of them right now, but, um, you can get full kits of them. And those are more intended for, for, um, the, the circuit boards themselves are intended for more like intermediate people who've built pedals before who know what they're doing. The kits are intended for, um, both, you know, absolute beginners and intermediate people who, who just want something that looks awesome and want to be able to build something that looks like it came off the shelf at a music store, basically. Yes. And based on the components that I saw in that and based on the, the builds that you were showing, um, they, they look very well put together. And I don't necessarily mean from a, from a, a mechanical, like, like the actual build part. I mean, the actual parts, the way that you've considered how they, how they work together, the aesthetic across the whole line. They don't look ridiculous. They don't have goofy graphics. They don't, you're not using super cheap parts. So this is a really good way to get a, a solid pedal on the back end of this. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the thing I had going into it too, was that I, I wanted the end result to be, like I said, something that looks like it came off the shelf at a music store. It looked just as good on your pedal board next to a name brand. Um, but then the other thing is that um, is that I can actually let people build pedals that are higher quality than what you can get at the store because I'm able to private source my own parts, get these foot switches that n nobody else uses, get these resistors that are better tolerance than anybody else uses out there. Um, and, uh, you know, really, really good tolerance capacitors and everything. And so I'm able to control all the parts that go into it. And I haven't seen any pedals out there that use, you know, the, the, the kind of parts I do. And so it's, it's kind of, fun to be able to give that an option. So you build your own, but it's actually better quality as long as you do it right and don't mess it up. It's actually better quality than, than something you could buy at the store. Nice. So do you have uh, the ability to do like custom labeling on the, uh, on the actual parts as opposed to the, 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 the I, I always get mixed up whenever I'm doing things with the, with the stripes on resistors and, oh, yeah. and all yeah. the things like that. Uh, yeah. that. Yeah. When I, when I, when I first got into it, I, I said, okay, like the, the thing that, that took me the longest and I still, I've been doing the, I've been doing electronics for over 10 years now um, as, as a hobby and now as a, you know, as a job. And I still don't like necessarily trust my ability to read resistors. Um, if it's, if it's a mission critical thing, just because like it, it, like a 12 K resistor is the same front as it is back. Um, so that one you always get right. But other ones like it, you, you, you might mix up, you know, brown and red, you might mix up, you know, um, uh, green uh, and blue. And so if you, if you mix one of those up and you, you get the resistor on, you're, you're either looking at this chart, you know, staring at this chart, trying to decode it. Um, and then you either have wasted a lot of time and got it right, or you've wasted a lot of time and got it wrong <laughs> and you screwed everything up. And if you're and colorblind, so you're really screwed. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you're just measuring everything with a multimeter. And so I when I got into or it, I, the, one of the first things was like, okay, uh, if I'm going to do this, I, I want these kits to be um, way easier because that, that for me, like the learning curve was the worst part of getting into DIY. Um, it's really, really steep. And so 
when you buy a kit and you're given this, you know, bag of resistors and either you're going to get 23 different bags that all have like one or two resistors in them and are labeled really nicely, but it's so much plastic, or you're going to get a bag, depending on who you buy it from, a bag just all full of a bunch of blue resistors with these stripes on it. And then maybe if they're, if you're lucky, you get like a piece of paper that has the, the, the decode, <laughs> the, the, the color coding uh, key to it. And uh, um, the, the, the idea of me selling something to somebody and telling them, okay, now here you go and do this. I, I, the first thing I did was I figured out where I could get like private label, like source my own resistors that it just made for me um, that have the value printed on them instead of the, um, instead of the color code. And then while I was at it, I also made them like, like half a percent tolerance. So they're way better than what you can get at Mouser or anything like that. Nice. Um, but the, and then they're, they're, they're audio file quality and everything. And so they're, they're higher quality, but the main thing is just having that, having that value printed on there. So can you purchase those components direct, like uh, by themselves or are you only, uh, do those only accompany the kits? Right now, I'm only doing the kits. Um, for me, I mean, it, 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 this is just me, and I run this thing all out of my house, um, and so I can't, I can't stock too much at a time, and I have to stock it based on what I can, what I can put into a kit. And so I try not to buy any more than what I need for a, for a set of kits that I'm doing. And right. so at some point, I mean, I had, had a lot of people ask about it, and then that, that, and the foot switches and a few other components. Um, but as of right now, I'm not really set up to set to, to be like a parts store. Um, I can't keep that many different diff- different SKUs, and my website <laughs> that I just finished yeah. uh, isn't isn't set up to be a you know ha- have have a thousand different parts on it. It's more custom or customized for the circuit boards and the kids. So. Gotcha. Well, and then after this, you're going to be busy doing a lot of people's websites. So <laughs> I'm not getting back <laughs> into that. <man. laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm so intrigued by the way that you're approaching this because I think. A lot of us out there who have tried DIY kits, a lot of them are produced in various ways. And sometimes those ways are not super helpful. I've gotten a couple kits where I'm like, I think this, I think this is a, like someone's put me on. This is just a joke and that I can't figure out. It's like, it's escape room, except it's a pedal. And I really appreciate from a builder standpoint. And I would say a, an average um, non-professional electronic person builder who just wants to go like, I want to make this and I want to put my own work into it to the degree that I can and have something on the back end and play it, right? Um, and maybe even learn a few things on the way so where you can start developing your own stuff or something, who knows? But I appreciate the way that you are approaching this, uh, especially with those components because yeah, that's, if you don't know what you're doing, uh, you know, I remember the very first kit that I got, I, I was completely lost and I felt so defeated immediately upon opening the package. I was like, I'm never going to figure this out. And I didn't even realize that, <laughs> that on the board, the, you know, it's like you're just painting by numbers because everything's printed on the board, but I didn't know that there was no instructions to tell me that, you know, on, on when I built my first one. And so just those little things where someone who does this all the time doesn't think twice about it, but people who are entering into this, which is what we are all encouraging everybody to, to, you know, get out and build something uh, that can be really prohibitive. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. Like I, I'd had people, I mean, I, I'd been doing this, you know, for, for about five years or so before I started doing the kits and I'd had a lot of people ask like, Hey, can you do, I don't like to, I don't like to shop on mouser you know, where there's, you know, 10, 20 different filters just to find like one resistor and it's intimidating. Do you just yeah. sell the kit 
shit. And I was just like, I, I, my answer was just always like, dude, I just, I don't want to do sh- people shopping for them. I, I, I don't right. want to be that where all I do is, is I'm just like your, your guy who goes out and gets it for you and brings it back. Like your Uber Eats driver. Or you're the like finder. That. Yeah. You're the finder. And, and so when I first started like thinking through, okay, okay. Taking it seriously. I'd gotten a lot more people asking and I'm just thinking, okay, if I was going to do this, what am I going to, what am I going to do to be different, to make this rewarding for me to, to not just be another guy doing kits um, to, to improve what's going on out there. And so my thought behind it um, was just, you know, n- not wanting to do people shopping for them. How can I just rethink the entire way that that the build process goes and not just say, okay, how can I do, how can I be different from that guy over there? But just throw all that out, not look at anybody else. Just say, okay, if I was doing this from scratch, um, forget about what anybody else is doing. How, how would I do this in the best way possible, bring it into, well, it was 2018 at the time, but 2020, um, because a lot of times people are, people are still building pedals like it's 1995 or 1985. Um, and so how can I, how can I kind of combine some of the best ideas from like the maker movement, modern manufacturing techniques and stuff like that, and just think through that whole build process and make it so that it's, it, it's fun. And, and like you were saying, um, the, the, the worst thing is that you, you, you're excited to try this new thing, um, especially with the you know pandemic going on, you know the and, and the, this year a lot of people have been getting into this kind of stuff. But you you because they've been meaning to for a long time. But you 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 get this kit and you just mess it up the first time, or you're intimidated by it and you never finish it. And then what you you, you don't have any kind of reward from it. You you're, you're out you know eighty bucks or whatever, and you have a frustrating experience, and you got a box full of junk that you don't know what to do with. And so the idea is that like okay, how can I basically make it so that somebody buying one of these kits, they don't need to know anything. Um, but how can I make it so that they have the highest likelihood of success um, when, when they, when they build one of these kits so that then they get, they get that, they, they, they miss out on all those, those terrible things and they get the reward from it, which is having a working pedal. That's awesome. That sounds great that they built themselves. And so when I thought through everything, I thought through like, okay, those resistors were, were one thing, but then I thought through, okay, what's what's the other terrible part about building pedals the wiring it's the worst and so well i mean the the maker movement the broader maker movement has figured that out for a long time where you use like these molex connectors for everything like these just wire assemblies that just kind of snap in and so i designed um all these <clears throat> these new circuit boards um and the kits around the this this kind of modular system where you have the the foot switch bypass board is one module and then you have the input output like the 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 input output jacks and the dc jack are another module and then the third module is the main circuit board that has the pots and switches attached to it Ooh. and um and so so when you're wiring you do those three thing, three things separately and then you just screw them into the enclosure and snap it in and there you go there's no wire stripping there's no cutting to length it isn't just like here's a spool of wire and then you're on your own from there with a little diagram it's just there's only one place they can go and then if you mess up you can just unsnap it and screw it out. You don't have to desolder anything if you need to troubleshoot or if you want to do modifications or anything like that. And so mm. the whole way that it's thought through um, is that is that you know it, it's beginner friendly, but it's not like dumbed down at all. It isn't like a like a you know a, a, a reading primer you know you know C spot run kind of thing where it's dumbed down and you're going to move beyond it. Um, my hope is that if you're an intermediate builder, somebody who's been doing it for a while, that you would still have a blast, you know, building these kits, 
um, and end up with something you're proud of. And maybe you learn a few things, you know, maybe, maybe you learn a few things about, um, a, a, about making things, making your builds more modular and stuff like that. And that it would be a thing that gets more people into the DIY hobby because it's such a fun, rewarding experience, very addictive. Um, but then also that um, it's something that, that um, you can keep doing. You're not, you're not going to get to the point where, um, where, where the kits are just too dumbed down for you because they're just, they're, they're fun, you know, yeah. and they're good quality and they're better than what you could, what you can do on your own if you're just downloading some, you know, some schematics and then doing, following like a tag board layout or something like that. So that, that reminds me of the experience of when you start building, like when you're really young and you're like, you get your first like model car to build. I, you know, I, th- I think that's still a thing. People are still, people still building models, maybe not as much anymore, but um, you know, when I was growing up, that was like, man, uh, building model cars was like, and planes and all that stuff was, that was my thing. And when you first start out, your parents aren't going to let you use the, the glue that all the, (laughs) that all the neighborhood kids are out there (laughs) not gluing things together with. Um, and so you have snap kits. They were uh, Snap-on. Literally, there was a brand called Snap-on. I think, wait, was it Snap-on? No, that's the tools. The, that's um, tools. Yeah. But there's a snap. Anyways, there was a snap thing that you basically snap them all together. Rice Krispies. Right. It was Rice Krispies <laughs> brand from Revel models. Um, and snap then, togethers. Yeah, snap together. So it was foolproof, and you just put them together, and you're like, ta-da. But they were, they were always janky. They were never right. And you didn't have the... Ex- the there was there was no um risk factor there was no vulnerability it's just like well it's going to work it's like you know you can't mess it up really but when you're when you graduate to the next one you're like well i got to put this together and glue it and if i mess it up i mess it up and there's 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 a little bit of tension and risk and i got to try and i got to work hard at it and that's kind of the rewarding part so that's all that remind me of <laughs> <laughs> very it, nice yes thank you very much all right claps all around uh now as far as your kits go i did have i was this was the one question i was like uh, there are so many pedals out there and you see you know you said you've done over 100 of of actual boards and stuff mm-hmm. you you've chosen a couple kits and the one that i found was the tremulous loon which is a pretty obscure i would say it's relatively obscure um pedal uh why that one and how does that how does your choices for what you're choosing make them make in make their way into the the kits yeah so i i have a bit of a like a, I would say like an advantage over some of the people like, like build your own clone or who, who just do kits. Um, because my, uh, my, my, um, the circuit boards, just the circuit boards, those always come first and they kind of act as like market research. And so I can put a circuit board out there and that, and, and th- th- it takes, you know, a, a while to do it, but nowhere near the amount of effort of a kit or the expense. Um, and so I can put that out there, release it, and then watch it and see how how people respond to it. Do people like it? Um, and and then I take the most popular ones, um, and then those are the ones that that end up getting the kit treatment. So I have some built-in market research, um, kind of like like you know the, the ability for like what like like Burger King to watch where McDonald's is putting them up and then do it across the street. I can kind of watch <laughs> that, and I, I I can I can see what which of my products are doing well, and then only do kits of those. Um, whereas um, some of the other ones, like it, 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 if they put out like a 
you know, an obscure kit that is awesome, but people just don't get it, then they're out, you know, all of the, all the product for, for uh, buying all the parts for those kits. And then they're on the shelves for, you know, a year before they sell off or uh, sell, sell out or whatever. And so for me, um, the two things are, first of all, how, how well does it do? Like, are people interested in the, in the circuit board? People like it. But the second thing is, is just having a, having a broad, you know, um, selection so that people who want kits they're not going to come to my site and say well there's not a tremolo so i'm going to move on it's just like well here, here's this tremolo the source circuit is pretty obscure but it's pretty similar to other stuff out there um and uh you're you're, you're going to come here looking for a tremolo this is the best analog tremolo you can find just because um it has fine grain control over the waveform and everything and there's nothing that, that other, other than like digital like tap tempo and other stuff mm-hmm. like that there's nothing that 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 you would want out of Shemlo that this one can't do, and so it's kind of that the 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 Luna kit was more out of trying to get the, it, it, making sure that I had the bases covered, um, and so even though the Tremulous Luna isn't the most popular of 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 pedals, it is pretty popular in the DIY scene, um, and a lot of like commercial pedals are based off of it. Mm-hmm. But the idea behind that was just that that I want I don't want anybody to come to my site and then say, well, you didn't have a tremolo, that's what I'm after, and then right. and go. So if you want a tremolo, here's an awesome one. Well, you you bring up. Um the fact that it isn't the most common, like you don't have like, Oh, here's the tube screamer or something like that. Because that there's, there's no, um, it just doesn't have that extra, like, Ooh, this is going to be something even more special beyond the fact that I got that I, that I built it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. that is something that, that was the next like little ding that, that I saw. I was like, okay, cool. This isn't just another three knob tremolo that, uh, that I could get anywhere. This is, this is made from a more obscure one. This is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the most popular circuit? The most, the most popular circuit on my site, the most popular, the big, but what's your big buyer? Um, so the, the centaur, the refractor, um, probably yeah. at least two to one on everything else. I would say okay. that that's the that's the bread and butter. So the refractor is the is a clone of this of the clone. Mm-hmm. Yep, clone clone. Yep, clone clone. Centaur. The refractor. Cool. Yep. Well, I figured it was going to awesome. be you know one of those ones that probably people can't shell out the money for, but they can build on their own. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a good intersection of like it's a super popular circuit and it's one that. You know, everybody's heard about, but the the actual one is uh, th- th- there. There is an economy of price. Now there isn't an economy of price with, with like the tube screamer clone or whatever. But with the Sensar one, there there definitely is. Where you're definitely saving a lot if you if you go with the kit route. A lot. <laughs> um, a really, 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 really lot. That's a lot. That's what Jared. Yeah, that's what Jared would have said. Uh, I would have said very a lot. Very yes. Very a lot. <laughs> so. It looks like, you know, almost all of your kits and boards are based on other existing pedals. Um, are there any, I mean, do you, do you sometimes feel like you're, you know, it's like proprietary types of things that you're, that you're copying or what's your take on that? Yeah. So th- this is a big topic of conversation in the DIY world. Um, there, I mean, you can go on some forums and there are just like threads that are just hundreds and hundreds of pages long where people talk about this kind of thing. And so there, there's tons of nuance to people's perspectives, but my kind of, so I, I've done like over a hundred different boards and this is like intensive research on these, on these pedals. And what, what I, what I realize in seeing, you know, all these schematics and studying all this stuff is that, um, everybody in the industry, every single person got their start in cloning somehow. Um, 
So even if you go back to, I'm not even talking like boutique stuff that's all based on the Tube Screamer. I'm saying like, let's just look at the Tube Screamer itself. And so th this is like one of the most cloned circuits in all of history. It has, it's the basis for like almost all of the boutique pedals out there. And um, the thing is though, is, is, is once you see all the schematics that are from around that time, you see that the Tube Screamer is kind of just a tweaked clone of something that came before it. And that's a tweaked clone of something earlier and on and on like that. And so you go all the way back to like when they first started using op amps in overdrive pedals. And so like the MXR Distortion Plus is like the first like solid example, which is like 73, I think. And um, this has, it's basically just op amp gain control, hard clipping diodes to ground. And then the, it, it, it's kind of well known for like the tone changing as you turn the gain up because that's the way the gain structure is set up. So 1976, um, Maxon in Japan puts out the OD880. And so this is two screen out in 79. So this is 1976. Um, and the OD880 is just like a distortion plus, but then they change the gain control so it doesn't change the tone as you turn it up. Um, 77, um, you have both Maxon and Boss that both put out new overdrive pedals. Boss has the OD1, um, which is just an, eight, uh, an OD880 but the diodes are moved into the feedback loop if you're, if you're tracking so far. Maxon puts out the OD855, which is a distortion plus, but the tone control, uh, it has a tone control before the clipping stage. And this is exactly identical to the Tube Screamer tone control. Um, and so by the time you have a Tube Screamer, it comes out in 1979, there's nothing original about it whatsoever. It has, it's just two blocks. It has the clipping section from a Boss OD1, <laughs> and then it has a tone control from OD855. And then they put the tone control after the clipping stage instead of in front of it. And so when you have this broad view of seeing like all these different, you know, schematics, you can kind of piece together a story of like these two Japanese companies, Boss and Maxon, that are going back and forth, kind of corporate, corporate espionage stuff, um, looking at each other's products, tracing each other's pedals, developing new ideas and then stealing each other's innovations. Um, and the result is this tube screamer. But the thing is, like Maxon, I mean, probably didn't know what they had when they came across when when they when they developed the Tube Screamer, because like for, for them it was just the third version of the circuit they've been working on for a few years that came from the Distortion Plus, because engineers don't like see outside that forest um, of of the circuit they're working on, and so it happened to catch fire in the United States, and so now we study it, we look back, we care about its history, kind of a survivorship bias, because you don't really hear many stories about like Yamaha or Washburn pedals from the same time period, but. Like even after the Tube Screamer comes out, Boss took the circuit and added, you know, asymmetric clipping diodes to make the SD1. They didn't see the Tube Screamer as like game over or something that couldn't be improved. And so I bring it back to what I do and I, I look at it more as like research <clears throat> and trying to get as much information out there as possible than I am like trying to take a cut of the pie of commercial pedals. Um, and my, my biggest goal is to try to make it easy for people to build their own pedals and get into electronics and understand what's going on and to make more people who, who understand and appreciate uh, what's going on in these like, you know, 40, 40 year old analog circuits. And so for me, like there's not really any indication. I don't think that DIY pedals um, that what I do or what anybody else is doing actually cuts into the commercial sales of the pedals they're based on. And I kind of think of it as it's probably more likely that it helps with added publicity. So if I take apart like a Pete Cornish pedal or something like that, he advertises on his site. He says, you know, th this is a completely original circuit. And but then you get it and it has tape on the back that says, you know, warranty void if opened. And then you open it up and it's goofed and everything. And you don't want to just, you know, void the warranty on a $600 pedal. And so most of his stuff, nobody's looked inside it. But I have. I've traced four of them. And the thing is, like all I've done is confirmed, you know, that he's, that he's the real deal, you know? So the ones he says original, I've confirmed they are, they're original circuits. I've never seen anything like them before and they're really, really good. And so 
have, have I convinced anybody not to buy a Cornish pedal? No, I don't think so. Because they were just, they, 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 they weren't going to spend 600 bucks on it anyway. And the ones right. who were going to spend 600 bucks on it, there are, they're going to do it no matter what. Cause they want the name brand collectability. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they, they want the, <laughs> they and, want the name on their board. And to be clear, the, the, the work that you're doing is not, you're not taking a circuit board from, you know, that thing, duplicating that exact circuit oh, no. board. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've put yep. your, your time and trouble into researching, developing and, and figuring out what needs to go where. For I, sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a replica. It's, it's not a ripoff. It's just the same, the same parts arranged differently in a different package. And in a way that you can, when you build it, you can understand it and see what's going on. And the end result is that like Pete Cornish gets a better reputation from it because people know he's the real deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. I have to say when you're talking about the tube screamer and all this thing, it kind of sounds like me explaining the difference between Kunafi and Ferco, <laughs> except for you do a much better job yeah. and you're much more thorough. So I want to compliment you on that. Oh, thanks. I hope it's interesting. I mean, it's just, I, I live in this stuff. And so yeah. it's kind of like, I have like a murder board where I can see all these connections between things that are going on. And it, it, it it's just that where you, you, you see, the more you see it, the more you realize, like, I mean, like Cornish is, isn't even, I mean, mo most of his early stuff, like the G2 is based on a, two, uh, on, on a big muff. Um, the ST2 is based on a color sound overdriver and stuff like that. So he got his start in cloning too. Mm -hmm. Most of the boutique industry, like I said, goes back to a, a tweaked tube screamer or a tweaked big muff and stuff like that. And so my, my perspective is just that like, if, if somebody traces your pedal and they find out that all you did was take the buffers out of a tube screamer and that is what sinks your business, then you don't have much of a business. But like if you have an original design that is worthy of all this hype, then you don't have anything to worry about. So people right. will still buy your stuff just as much and or even more because you've been vetted as the real deal. Um, and so for me, it's like imitation is a sincere form of flattery. And if you have a good circuit, you got nothing to worry about if your schematic is out there, you know? Yeah. Good point. You're incredibly well-spoken, my friend. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. This has been a, a very informative and interesting discussion. And I'm, I'm really thrilled that we got you on the show. It would have took me four hours to tell everything that you told tonight. Yeah, and, and all I could think about when you started that that last portion, when you mentioned the Washburn pedals, I like to imagine there's one guy out there who's listening who she was shocked out of his coma of listening and, and, and his, and his eyes welled up with tears and he looked behind him at, at his bookshelf in which he had his collection of Washburn pedals that no one understands with the original carrying case and boxes. That's, that's and what receipt. happened. Yeah. So congratulations. You destroyed yeah. someone out there. Yes. Yamaha and Walker made awesome pedals in the eighties, but it's just that it, it it's the tube screamers to the point where people actually care about the history. Yeah. Um, I love Yamaha and Washburn pedals. You know, they're awesome and I hope nobody else loves them because then they stay cheap, you know, but studies a tube screamer and finds out all this. They, they, they interview, you know, Tamura and the people, the people behind it and everything. And people care about it now because of what it turned into. But when it was happening, they didn't, the people who were building it didn't, they didn't care. know what they were yeah. doing. They, they, they didn't like understand the significance of this one pedal in contrast to the three or four that came before it. You know what I mean? Indeed. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been fantastic, uh, which you already know. You're saying that to yourselves, and as we are here. So yes. thank you so much. 
Uh, we it, So we're going to get into what uh, people can do at your site and all that business in just a little bit. But Jared is gonna, he's going to chew the microphone into shreds I'm, if he I'm doesn't get to, to do his thing here. Exactly. It's my turn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not upset. So <laughs> this week's Would You Rather is very, very interesting. So interesting, I'm going to sing it. And this is what I'm going to sing. Would you Oh, man, Tony, you just janked him. Oh, would you rather? Would you rather? All right. This week's Would You Rather is from Tyg Harmon. And it's probably, and, and I read through it here, and it's this is probably going to be my favorite. Really? Wow. Because it's, it's funny. Wow. Okay. I love this one. So you walk on stage in front of a billion people, and the billion's not there, but and your guitar strap breaks. You're Snap. Like, oh no, my guitar strap. Oh. So you go to grab another guitar strap. And for some reason, it's just the way it is, there are only two options, and neither are adjustable. One is so short. <laughs> That the guitar body is up on your chest, <laughs> and the other one is so low that it's well below your waist. You know, so I knee I, length, right? So I hope you have an explorer to to rock that long strap yeah. with. So, and then he put go. So that's when we're supposed to go ahead and the <laughs> the war of the strap length. It's that's a right. great. It's a it's a great one. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome subject. What are we going to do? Yes. Thank you so much, uh, Ty Harmon. It's one a of good our, one, buddy. Our uh, longstanding executive producers. Tony Baloney, you're going to kick us off, and we're going to go around the horn. I don't like either option. <laughs> you like a stool. Can I, can I get a stool and sit down? You No. Only there's one person that can get away with that. Who's now, that? Billy Zoom. Ah, uh, yes. Well, for okay. medical purposes. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Get the high strap, Tony Baloney. Come on, I, do I it. I think I got to do the high strap. Yes. I mean, because, I mean, uh, you know, back in the day, I could play a low slung guitar. Yeah. But, you know, now that I'm into my 50s, I I, I don't think I can bend over that far anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, my, my Johnny Ramone days are long gone. My dad yeah. had to do that, too. Yeah. I As much as I hate it, because it's not comfortable for me to play something up high either. Yeah. Um, but, um, one of the coolest things I saw, there was some, there's some kinks videos out there and, uh, Dave Davis, uh, from the kinks had a flying V. Oh yeah. And he, 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 he had it. It was, it was pretty high up, Yeah, but he put his, uh, his strumming arm, picking arm, yeah. uh, through the middle of the split of the V and played it that way, which was kind of, I'm going, going with, this, I'm going with, put it up there on the chest okay. and with, Play a, away. with a suit. All With right. a suit and beetle boots. Uh, Jared, how about yourself? Swing low, sweet strap. Mm. Yep, I'm doing low. It's it's not as easy as it was 25 years ago because now I'm fat. Not only that, <laughs> you're also, what, six foot nine or something? I know, so yeah. it'd have to so, be like So a, even the longest of straps is right. going to be It's going to be short. like a seven-foot-long strap. Yeah. Just, you know, to okay. swing or low. You know, I'll do the low one because... Do the low. You can always kind of prop it up with your, not really. Nah. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself, Kevin? 
So I think I'd rather evoke the the punk rocker than like the mariachi um, <laughs> player. <laughs> well because said. the thing is, if it was high, that's probably going to be better for like if you really know what if if you're phenomenal guitarist and you need to have that, you know. But, but for me, I, I think I would I would go with like the the low slung because I'm gonna I'm gonna look like I know what I'm doing. Um, and then I'm not going to have to impress anybody with the guitar playing either way. Whereas if it was really high, they would expect a lot more out of me because I look like a doofus. So, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can like kind of rock out and lose yourself and, and be forgiven if you're, if you're doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I'm joining you there. I like to play it a little bit lower anyways. Um, I've always struggled with the playing it up high. I don't know why. Um, and it just doesn't, I, I don't Thanks. know if I could get away with so, that either. So I'm on my on stage. I, I once again, that. welcome to Tony Island. No one else is allowed. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> Sorry, much. man. I'm slinging her low, bro. Yeah, for sure. In fact, yeah, I remember, uh, when I, uh, when I got my first, like I would say real guitar, I got my first Les Paul and the strap I had wouldn't put it low enough. Mm. I actually had a shoelace tied <laughs> from, to extend it That's because safe. hey there's you know, nothing wrong with it, that it, that was normal back then it did man. the thing it did yeah. the thing bro. i'm gonna go get you a short guitar strap That's right. <laughs> all right ty Harmon, thank you so much for sending that in that was a really great one That's and if one. you have a great would you rather we would love to hear it so or send just it in a regular one well yeah. has did the tig answer this question he didn't tig what Shame is your you. answer? Are you gonna Shame on you. You coming to Tony Island? Would you rather? Uh, I think he's slinging it low. Slinging low? Yeah. Sweet chariot? I bet he is. Like me and Kevin and Jared. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, we need to just say a few thank yous, and then uh, we're going to uh, talk to our friend Kevin on our way out here, okay? Go ahead, Tony. this point of the show, we like to thank a special group of people. These are our executive producers. And you may be asking yourself, what is an executive producer? And more importantly, how do I become one? I want you to go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out the couple of different levels that you can participate in. Each level comes with its own fun-filled prize packages, thank you gifts, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Rewards is and what they're actually called. Rewards, well, that's 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 actually a better term than I use. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, you get all kinds of great stuff. Stickers, barefoot buttons, t-shirts, keychains, all the good stuff. But at the executive producer level, you get all that great stuff. Don't get me wrong, you get all of it. But you get one more thing. And Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the your thing. Your name man. read on right. the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Do it! Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Carney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zandt, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John England, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, 
Richard Richard Kendall. Sorry, Richard. Tyga Harmon, the troublemaker. Would you rather? John Williams, Michael DeLucio, and John Jackson. Isn't there more, old buddy? I'm glad you asked, Jared, because there are. Uh, just a just a step up from the executive producer level. We have a special group of friends and supporters called the Grand Poobas. That's right. In addition to all the great stuff, they get a special fez to wear. Which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, but they are required to wear it while listening to the podcast. Even if Indeed. they're driving. Even if they're driving. Yep. Got to watch out for the little tassel. That's right. So I'm going to thank this very special group of Grand Poobas. Mr. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean Tommy Manasco, Mark Garton, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Zach Melton, and Tim Nowak. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Honestly, guys, we could not do this without you. Nope. And if I didn't read your name and you participate in Patreon, I thank you too. Yep. Um, But, you know, like I said, this this podcast would not be possible. Plain and simple. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. Plain and simple. Thank you so much. Uh, Kevin, please tell everyone where they can find your awesome wares and get stuff. Yeah, so the website is ionfx.com, A-I-O-N-F-X.com. And then uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is all just ionfx, six letters. Awesome. Fantastic. So we'll go out there and check out his brand new website and, you know, start building stuff. Start building stuff. Do it. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony Baloney. Let's just say you need a special pick guard. Go over to pickguardian.com. Just do it. Just do it. It's real simple. It's a relatively simple site to navigate, so I'm told. Um, and check it out. See see the things that I have to offer. There's some guards and things that you can buy right there on the site. Things like for Rickenbackers and Reverends and and D'Armonds and a couple of other brands. Um, but by and large, mostly what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, what material you're thinking, what kind of pickups you're using, what control layout you want. I will take care of it, and we'll make something that works for you. He always does. And uh, if you need pickups, I have a few announcements to make for Brandon Wound. Number one, uh, as I said before, I'm doing a very small show called Rewind Time with Brandon Wound Pickups. I saw both both episodes so far. And there's more to come. Mm. So each episode is about five to six minutes long, so it, it won't take up all your time. No, it won't. And, and then uh, when you're done watching that, you can listen to the show. That's right. Yeah. All in the same thing. I talk about the guitar knobs after each episode to remind you about about the guitar knobs. Excellent. uh, Go to BrandonWoundPickups.com. I've got a sale going on as well. So with the code FOOTBALL, Football. uh, all lowercase letters, FOOTBALL, Football. will get you 15% off on everything except rewinds, modifications, and the limited edition stuff. Now, for, is that, is that how foot, long? Is that football or uh, or soccer? Uh, that's American football or <laughs> soccer football. 
Whichever one you prefer. How long is this lasting? Because, you know, if it's, somebody listens to this uh, six it's, months it's, it's, it's going to go probably to the end of November, so we're good. November nice. 2020. Yep. yep. So check, right. check out my stuff. I, I, my shtick is vintage stuff, uh, you know, to make look old or new or whatever. And if you need something that you see that I don't have, please shoot me an email. Fantastic. Uh, you can yep. send me an email, Todd at the guitar knobs.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and uh, send us a word. You rathers, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We want to say a massive thank you to Kevin Vandercrawl of ion effects. Thank you, sir. Thanks buddy. Thank you. You got it. All right. Have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe. Yeah. Uh, I don't recall eating lettuce. <laughs> That's Tony. Here's Jared. Hey. Eon. Baby New Year with oh. the big ears. What and Eon is those, those ears. Those ears. Ion. A dentist. Do you know what a salad shooter is? Uh, I can Google it real quick. Right. <laughs> uh, it, and then pretend like I know. Well, Yukon Cornelius was in Red, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, no. Yukon Cornelius, yes, yes. He's, <laughs> yes. But Aeon. You gotta get that looked at, man. And <laughs> Hopefully I've shot it all out. Oh, no. That was- Kevin, are you still alive, buddy? I am, yep. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, nice. And then he had the, they had the, the, the whale, and the whale had a clock on him. Oh, that's this is sounding like now an acid trip. From- <laughs> what? What the? Okay. Who are you doing, dude? I don't know. We haven't seen each other in, in a week, so this is what happens. Not good. If you've decided you made a terrible mistake by coming <laughs> Not too on, too late now. <laughs> Go take care of a salad shooter. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time